I'm Josefina von Sundinvumba. Welcome to Retential Conversations, the podcast. I truly believe in the untapped potential existing in African within African communities inside and outside of Africa, whose talent, hard work, and innovations can help and are helping transform our societies. I also believe in the value of the stories and that by sharing, we can identify common lessons, challenges, and opportunities for growth. This podcast is for those interested in African narratives and topics that touch African communities, with the hope of creating a safe platform for open conversation, learning, and inspiration. I hope you're as excited as me and that you enjoy listening. Potential travel to Marrakesh, Morocco this June to attend the third annual Women in Africa Summit 2019, also referred to as WEA which brought together African women leaders in a conference where different topics discussing Africa, entrepreneurship, the power of the media, and women leadership were discussed. This year, 54 women entrepreneurs were selected to represent different African countries, and I had the pleasure and honor to be one of them and represent my country of origin, Equatorial Guinea. During the summit, I took the opportunity to meet some of the other 53 African female entrepreneurs and learn more about their initiatives. The next episodes are all about some of these fantastic women. So let's check them out. Part one starts with a conversation with Edwidge Takasi from the Democratic Republic of Congo and co-founder of Terroir d'Afrique, a trademark based in Kinshasa with the ambition to promote locally made African products such as tea, coffee, and oils. I found Edwidge's vision to promote homegrown products truly fascinating, as he does not only focus on producing locally made products, but also promoting local consumption. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hello, Edwidge. Hi. Did I pronounce your, your name correctly? Perfect. <laughs> So here we are at the WIA Summit Conference, and I truly, really loved your uh, company, Terroir d'Afrique. Um, I really like your vision in trying to promote African natural products, and not only trying to promote those products, but also trying to, to also make us Africans consumers of our own natural products. So could you please introduce yourself? Who are you, um, and um, what do you do? Thank you. My name is Edwige Takasi. I'm the co-founder of a brand called Terroir d'Afrique. Um, basically, my husband and I realized that uh, less than 2% of the products we could find in supermarkets were African products. And we are both lovers of African products, tea, coffee, honey, oils, um, things that um, we know we can find um, through people we know, but we can't find it um, in grocery stores or supermarkets. So we decided to to found to, to to create this trademark. We don't produce anything, but we work with producers to bring their production to the risk to to the to to high standard of production, and also um, work on their packaging so that uh, us Africans ourselves uh, we 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 would become lovers of our own products and proud to consume our own products. So it, this is really about going back to the roots. So where are you from? Where are, where are your roots? That's interesting. I'm from Togo, but I live and work in Congo. And I can also say that I'm now Congolese because my husband is Congolese. And um, both of us have been raised both in Africa and in Europe. 
So we've, we've learned the best out of the two worlds and we're very convinced that um, using those skills that we have uh, acquired elsewhere will help us uh, bring the best out of um, our own country's production. So you kind of mentioned the importance of also becoming consumers of our own products. Why is that important? Why should we as Africans consume our own products? How is that linked to, to building our identity or our pride? What is your view on that? For several reasons. I would say that the first reason is that we, it's important that we deconstruct the idea that uh, high quality products are only imported products. Most of the time, if you look at um, the ingredients in products that are imported, whether it's uh, tea, coffee, or such things, uh, you always find ingredients coming from Africa, in fact. And, you know, there's tea which you can buy um, imported in Congo, and you realize that what is inside is act was actually originally pro produced in Congo, then exported, and then re-imported again for us to, to consume. So I think we need to... Uh, to be proud of what we are, we are producing because other parts of the world want our products. So why not ourselves? The second thing is I think there's a, a real economic logic behind it. If there's more trade between African countries, uh, then it also helps um, local producers to get, I would say, a higher value out of their own products um, and bring their, their, their activities to the next level. Hmm. So where are you based at the moment and what is your vision for Terroir d'Afrique? I am based in uh, Kinshasa, DRC. Um, however, we already worked with, we are, we are already working with producers in several other countries. Um, for example, Togo, Ghana, um, Cote d'Ivoire, Benin. Um, and our vision is to take our project to the next level. We really want to create a certification program uh, so that more and more producers from Congo, but also from other countries in Africa, um, can uh, come under the umbrella of our trademark and be able to export as well outside Africa. So, I mean, the idea is very logical, right? So many of these natural products come from Africa, they are exported outside, and then another product is created and then is sold back to Africa. So if this very logical idea is so obvious, why hasn't it been done before? Has, why hasn't it been done before? And if it has been done before, why are we still struggling? Um, the idea of, of creating a, a trademark or brand um, that would be some sort of certification um, exist already. I think there are several um, trademark which are, which are known even worldwide. However, what we realize talking to, um, for example, producers or farmers is that it's quite expensive to get access to those certification programs. So first of all, there is a need to create um, more, in, uh, more synergies and uh, to have uh, producers come together uh, in form of in, under the form of cooperatives, for example. Uh, but even as cooperatives, uh, most of the time they do not have the financial capacity to access those programs. So what we want is to have a, a homegrown program which would be adapted also in terms of pricing, also in terms of follow-up, uh, so that it's more accessible to our own producers. Mm. So I think I heard before that you also used to work as a financial analyst, is that correct? I've worked for uh, in the banking sector for the past 12 years um, and I've done various things including financial analysis, yes. Mm. 
So how, how was the shift? How was making the shift from that sector to entrepreneurship? And how long ago did you make that shift? Interestingly, um, as a banker, I was uh, working for banks financing entrepreneurs. Mm. So even though I was not an entrepreneur myself, I know a lot about entrepreneurship and the challenges because I've met a lot of entrepreneurs, interacted with them, and I've also faced this situation of um, loving a, a project but not being able to finance it as a banker because, you know, banks have a specific... Uh, procedures to follow and because of uh, uh, issues related to guarantee um, and uh, how the interest rates are set, um, loans are not necessarily adapted to what the needs of an entrepreneur mm. uh, are. Um, and the shift um, from banker to entrepreneur came quite naturally because I got married to an, an entrepreneur, okay. very dynamic okay. one. Uh, and a couple of years ago, we decided to create this brand, Trademark. It, 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 it was more of a hobby. Um, however, approximately a year ago, we started investing much more time and energy and also resources in developing it. Um, so the shift came, um, let's say the transition came almost a year ago, but I resigned from my work as a banker three weeks ago. Oh, wow. Um, and I, I intend to be a consultant on, in, in financial services, but also take time uh, to promote our project. Mm. So can you please share what some of the challenges that you're facing now as an entrepreneur, but also more specifically in launching this new trademark, right, this new idea? What are some of the biggest challenges you're facing? I would say the very first challenge, internal challenge, I would say, is that, um, you know, my background is finance. Uh, my husband is, in, is an expert communication, uh, also developing... Uh, and expertise in the digital sector, but none of us is really um, an expert in uh, production uh, nor trademark. And therefore, everything we've learned, we've learned it through self-learning. Uh, but in order to excel in this project, we need to find the right person, the, the right people with the right skills uh, that will be able to uh, push us forward. So this is the first challenge, finding the right skills set um, and be able to work with either uh, expert or learning ourselves appropriately. Uh, the second challenge I would say is more of the market. We realize uh, when we speak about our project that a lot of people find it interesting and, and fancy and sexy, uh, but you know, it still remains some sort of niche, you know. It, it, we, we see that people that are the most excited are, about our projects are uh, African diaspora like ourselves, but we want to get into the heart of all Africans, not just the diaspora. We want um, any African to be proud of what, um, the, the, uh, what our land is providing to us. And this is really a challenge. I think it will take um, a mind shift mm -hmm. uh, to get there. And I, I see differences depending on which country we are going to. Um, and especially I see that English-speaking countries seem to be ahead of French-speaking countries for some reason. So we will have to adapt um, our narrative as well in order to uh, convince consumers in all those countries. That's a very interesting point. Why do you think that perhaps at a, a more local national level, um, people consuming their own natural products, which in a way they kind of do in their daily lives, right? It's just that it might not look like the end product that you might be able to produce. Why do you think there's a bit of resistance in understanding or supporting this kind of trademark and idea? 
Um, I think uh, part of it is that um, you know we we facing um, a world where uh, the big brands, big international brands, are very noisy. Mm. So you know we don't have the same means as Coca Cola, for example. I mean, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm I'm giving a name, but I think this is a real good example. Um, Coca-Cola is everywhere and it, it, it's very powerful in terms of um, media and communication. Visibility. And yeah. therefore, it's, it's uh, probably uh, more present into people's mind when it comes mm. to, you know, what drink am I going to buy for, uh, for my home or for the party or for this or that. Um, whereas our own homegrown products uh, tend to be um, small scale sort of projects. Um, that gets not so much media attention, and therefore um, uh, it takes a lot in order to get into the the immediate, um, you know, collective imagination when it comes mm. to okay, uh, what I'm going, what what am I going to buy in the supermarket to go to this this uh, this or that party, or what what am I going to give give as a gift? If I want wine, am I going to go for um, a homegrown traditional wine, or am I going to buy an imported product coming from another continent, for example? Mm -hmm. um, so, going back a bit about your personal story, what is the biggest lesson you have learned over time which you think has come in handy now as an entrepreneur and that you could share with the rest of other entrepreneurs with the world? If there's one big lesson that you've learned from growing up, your childhood, or your work experiences, which you really think is, is now really providing you strength and, and, and good backup, what would that lesson be? Okay, um, what I can say is that the lesson I've learned through the years um, is, is a bit what is being summarized here in this summit, this um, Women in Africa Summit. Um, it's about the narrative, you know? Um, what will be told in the media in Africa and elsewhere will depend on what we ourselves think about ourselves, uh, of our products, of our countries, and uh, about what we can do in terms of capacity. Mm. Um, and the the the, fa the 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 earlier we realize that uh, we ourselves can be in charge of. Uh, our own future, the better for us. And I think this is this is what it's about here. Mm. Uh, we need to take charge. We should not be waiting for some sort of international program to come and help us save ourselves. We should take this in our own hands. Mm. So now to finish, I'm going to start um, a few sentences and I would like you to complete them, okay? So the biggest fear I have is um, not being able to transmit all the things I've learned, uh, especially uh, what I've just said, to my children. Mm. What I'm most proud of is um, coming back to Africa after studying uh, in Europe, um, after having a very comfortable uh, position there and still deciding to come back home. The legacy I would like to have is um, I would love that Terroir d'Afrique becomes uh, something natural everybody thinks about when it comes to, you know, uh, consuming uh, something good and something healthy.
And finally, the Africa I want is successful, proud, um, and unapologetically positive. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.